Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. to see you in church this morning. Uh, I am really excited to, well actually no, I'm not excited to be wrapping up this series because it's been such a good series. Has anybody else been enjoying it? Awesome. Uh, It is a series based on the book of Ephesians. Can you say Ephesians? Ephesians. If you haven't already, I'd highly recommend that you... um, You spend some time reading through this. It's a letter written to a group of people living in a place called Ephesus. And uh, this morning, we're going to wrap up the last uh, couple of chapters. um, And we're going to start off in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. So if you've got your notepads or your phones, get those out right away. Um, You can take some notes this morning. Ephesians 4 from verse 21 and it says this, uh, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Your new self is created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Your new self is created by God to be like him in holiness and righteousness that is what you have been made new into how cool is that promise whoa it's way cooler than that shall I read it again let me read it again to you okay and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It is completely impossible for you to be like God without him. In righteousness and holiness. It's impossible to please God on your own. It's impossible to be sinless on your own. It is impossible to be righteous on your own. It's impossible. But God sent his son in kindness and gave him up, gave himself up so that we could have this holiness and righteousness living inside us, that we get to put on a new self that isn't corrupted by deceit and desires, but is blameless in the sight of God. That's crazy. That's exciting. That's worth getting excited about this morning. And that is pretty much the whole of my message. <laughs> I'm joking. I've got more to say. I always do. Um, have you ever had like an update on your phone? Now, this might not apply to everyone in the room, but have you ever had like a new upgrade update on your phone, a new system upgrade, um, and then you, but you don't realise all the cool things that have been upgraded on your phone? And until you lean over and you see somebody else or, and they send you an emoji that you never knew existed. Those are great days, aren't they? 
When finally they have created an emoji that fits that face that you want to pull back to the person on the other end of the phone. Anybody else with me? Like, but isn't it amazing how you can have something new in your life but never really use it until you realize it exists? You can have something like, I get massively frustrated sometimes when people get like the gadget that I've been wanting for a long time or the car that I've been wanting for a long time and they don't even realize the extent to which that they have this amazing gadget. Liam's parents are these people in my life who can get something absolutely wonderful and they have no idea the life-changing power that is now in the palm of their hands. And it frustrates me because I'm like, this is amazing. You can do all sorts of things with this thing. And they just don't understand that the amazing uh, nature of which the object in their hand can change and transform their life. Or maybe, or maybe you've ever gone to um, play golf or something like that and you have that friend that turns up and he's got the money... And so he has all the golf clubs. He has all the kit. He looks really smart. It's all on brand, all of those things. But when he swings to hit the ball, he has no idea at all. In all the gear, no idea. All the gear, no idea. I was waiting for that uh, confession. But life can be like that, right? You can have all the gear, but no idea. I think our Christian walk, our following of Jesus can be like this sometimes, where we have all the grace without the gains. We have all the grace offered to us, given to us. It is full. It is complete. It is made complete. You, have, you are lacking no good thing in your life. You are made new, like these words are saying. We have all the grace, but we have not added the gains to our life. And what the writer here is saying is put off your old self and put on your new self. Put the Android phone down. And pick up the iPhone of truth. Oh, wow, somebody got saved in here just then. That was amazing. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. There's rejoicing in heaven over the one. Um, But it's true, isn't it? We can have all the grace. We know that. We know that. But sometimes I get up and I get out of bed in the morning and I don't put on my new self. Or I forget. I forget that I'm made new. But we're saying here to put off your old self and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. What does that mean? It's not that our actual life hasn't changed. It's that our mind hasn't caught up yet. Do you remember a few weeks ago and I drew up here the fact that we are made body, soul, mind and spirit. Our spirit has been made alive. Fact. You are alive in Christ. You are made alive in Christ. But the other areas have to catch up with the truth that the spirit's in charge, right? That's what we're saying here. And if you weren't there, I'll tell you all about it another time. Or get if it's on the podcast, you can get it there. Uh, but the truth is this. We need to step into this amazing opportunity 
to live in true righteousness and holiness. So that's what the writer is writing there. And then in the next few verses, he starts to give us an idea of what it means to put off the old self. What is old? You know, sometimes we just need the word of God to direct us a little bit to understand what does our old self look like and what is a new self like, right? Because we have all the opportunity to live out, excuse me, the grace that God has given us, but sometimes because of the way that we are living in a culture that is totally counterculture, the kingdom of heaven, we need some indicators as to what the old self looked like, right? So we're going to have a refresher this morning, okay? Because it says here in these words, uh, when you heard about Christ, you were taught in accordance with the truth in Christ, okay? And you need to remind yourself of what it means to step into the righteousness and the holiness of God. So we're going to go through, I think there's five things in the next few verses that give us a good indicator of what we're putting off so that we can put on who God has created us to be. Is that okay? Here comes the warning. Some of these things are uncomfortable. Some of these things are exposing. Some of these things are going to make you feel like you're not meeting the mark. But I need to remind you right from the beginning, Jesus met the mark. Jesus met the mark. So it's not that you have to, uh, you have to do these things in order to have grace in your life. No, 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 no. These things will just add to your life. Okay? Everybody on the same page? Great. Okay, number one is this. In verse 25, it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. We have to put off falsehood and lies and step into truth. Here's the thing, I'm anticipating that not everybody in the room lies on a regular basis, but how many of us actually live in half-truths? Where we present half of who we are, but not all of who we are, which is okay, okay? Boundaries and all that, totally believe that. But sometimes when somebody's really rubbed us up the wrong way, it's much better for us to say, that really upset me, than to live in the half-truth of just kind of awkwardly avoiding someone. Here's the truth, okay, you ready? Half-truths halve you. Half-truths half you. God wants us to live in the fullness of who we are in every single circumstance. He wants us to bring all of who we are so that he can use all of who we are to serve him in the world around us. So if you are struggling, it's okay to tell the truth about what's going on in your world because half-truths halve you and he wants a whole you. <laughs> Half-truths harvest. You know, we're called to speak truth, the truth in love. That doesn't mean that we go around like taking people out with all the truth. But it does mean that at the right time and in the right moments, we present the truth of what's going on around us. If there's stuff going on in your bank account that you can't keep track of right now, bring the whole you 
And don't let that lie or that pretense halve what God can do in your finances. If you're struggling with thoughts that go on repeat in your mind a lot of the time, don't pretend that it's not a problem. Come alongside somebody that can help disciple you in those things because half-truths halve you. It's why we have breakfast. It's why we start church at 10 every week. We start church at 10 every week because we're trying to gather together and give an opportunity for all of us to go, hey, how's your week been? How's stuff going on in your world? And I can present all of me, not my half of me, and I can present all of what's been going on and we can help one another. We can spur one another on to good works. That's why we do that. That's why the first half an hour of church is breakfast because we get to disciple one another. The second thing he says is this, from verse 26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. This one gets me, because I think there must be some sort of Mediterranean pirate throwback in my bloodstream, because I can get very passionate sometimes, can't I, sister? Yes, can't I, sister? I don't want to say anything. Well, you need to present the truth because half-truths halve you. (laughs) But, like, I just need you to know that anger isn't the problem. But grudges are grown, okay? Anger's not the problem, but grudges are grown. And the writer gives us a really good indication here of what we're supposed to do with our anger. And that's this. Don't leave it. Deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger because you know you're going to lie there all night with that grudge growing. You're going to water that grudge even in your subconscious sleep. It's going to get bigger and bigger. Or perhaps there are things that have um, where disappointment has caught up with you in various different ways. And over time it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And then all of a sudden... It explodes and we do something that we wish we didn't do. In your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say don't get angry. It says do not sin. And one of the antidotes for that is not letting the sun go down on your anger. Matthew 18 instructs us on this. It talks to us about what we're supposed to do when we're feeling uh, angry or somebody has hurt us or done something towards us. He says, well, go to the person. How How many of you actually ever go to the person? Trying to. But quite often we don't, do we? We just sit with it because it's the English thing to do. It's the British thing to do to just keep it to ourselves, right? But actually, the biblical response is to go to the person and say, do you know what? This really hurt. And, and let them react however they need to react. But you've dealt with you. The Bible says to forgive one another as what? Christ Jesus forgave us. So we did to him which he totally didn't deserve and yet in his grace towards us he forgave us completely he is our one true principle of forgiveness right i did not deserve to be forgiven he was completely innocent and yet christ jesus forgave me and so i step into and i walk into forgiveness and matthew 18 goes on and instructs us further what we're to do and you can read that in your own time as you start to discover what it means to to process feeling angry well okay here's the third thing 
It says in verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, not somebody else's hands. I don't know how that works. Um, that they may have something to share with those in need. I'm going to read it again. Are you ready? Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. What are these words saying? Because like, I don't think we've been stealing. Off. I can remember the first time I stole something. Do you want to know about that? <laughs> Some people were rude. Stop filming me. <laughs> I was probably about eight years old. And um, I just really was into calculators, which is really ironic. <laughs> because I still don't have a maths GCSE, which is maybe why I wanted to. I, know, I, was, I would have been making some sort of Star Trek style gadget. That's what I would have been using it for. And um, so discreetly, while it was tidy up time at school, the, uh, the calculator went into the top pocket of my white shirt. No, I wasn't in senior school. I just wanted to be a boy at that point. It's another story for another day. And I stole the calculator and I took it home. But then there was this girl called Tess, who my mum used to look after after school. And I was like, hey, it, tell, tell Tess is right. That is exactly what she was like. And she's very nice now. We're grown-ups. Um, and she, I said to her, look what I've got. Look what I've got. And she was like, ah! That's from the classroom, like this. I was like, and? And she's like, I'm telling your mum. I was like, don't you tell my mum? And she, which is the previous thing that we've just looked at in our anger, do not sin. She's lucky to get away without a fist bump to the face. And she went and she told my mum. And then this sudden disappointment came over me. I was like, what have I done? I've stolen. Suddenly all those Sunday school traumas of the Ten Commandments started to heap themselves on top of me as I heard the footsteps of my mother coming up to my bedroom. And she flings the door open and she says, have you got something that you shouldn't have, Lisa? And I'm like, probably about ten things. <laughs> but do you mean this one? <laughs> And I took the calculator out of my pocket and I was like, I just wanted it. She said, why, why have you stolen that? I just wanted it. Okay. And um, she said, well, you're going to have to go back to school and you're going to have to explain to your teachers why you have stolen the calculator. So she put me back in the car, <laughs> drove me all the way back to school, which is not what you want to do once you've done a full school day. Drove me all the way back to school and I had to walk into the school with this calculator. <laughs> Bottom lip. I'm really sorry. I know I shouldn't have taken it. I won't ever do it again. With this smirk on the teacher's face thinking, I really couldn't care less, but thank you for bringing it back. I'm actually waiting to go home. <laughs> but the point is this, right? That was just me uh, taking something because I wanted it. But I think sometimes we can approach work like we're working because we want stuff, right? But what these words are telling us here is actually there's a much greater, a much more valuable reason for why we should work 
And that is this, that we are not just working to earn more, we're working to give more. And when we remember what it says earlier on in Ephesians, that we are, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works, that changes our whole approach to working. The moments in my life when I have not worked, it has been because there's an identity problem with me where I feel like I'm not good enough to earn, where I feel like I'm not good enough to do that job, or I just make it so much about the fact that I need to go from day to day to day that I forget my purposes. I'm created for good works in Christ Jesus everywhere I go. And my ability to earn isn't to have more. It's about being able to give more. And when we change that perspective, I'm telling you now, God blesses that. God blesses that. I want to be a person, I want to be a people that because of who God has created me to be, I can get up and I can go to work knowing that he's created good works for me to do. And I, get, I don't just earn to earn more, I earn to give more. And what a privilege that is. Wouldn't it be cool if you could be the person in the Starbucks queue that pays for the person behind you's drinks? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your tithes. That's up to you. It's between you and God. That's first fruits belong to him. I'm talking about a spirit of generosity. Wouldn't it be really cool? Oh, wouldn't it be this the most amazing thing? The one reason I'd like to be, well, no, one amongst many, a millionaire is the thought of being able to write someone a massive check and saying, there you go, debt wiped off. Wouldn't that be awesome? And that's what God has called, that's part of who God has put on us to be that's part of the gains of grace the fourth thing is this um do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths this one gets me right here but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen oh this one gets me because I like to talk. I kind of occasionally get paid to talk. That's quite cool. Um, and tell stories and things. But the truth is this. I know that this one gets me. Do not let unwholesome talk come from your mouth. Have you ever been in those conversations where you see where the conversation is going and that conversation is not going to be building somebody up that's not in the conversation. It's actually going to be tearing that person down. Here's my best bit of advice to you. Exit the conversation. Exit the conversation. Make your excuse and go. Change the conversation. Always have your back pocket this is how I'm going to segue away from any unwholesome talk today. Exit the conversation. You know, the, the tongue has the power of life and death, blessings and cursings. We can either bring life out of someone or we can heap death on someone. And I know which I would rather do, but I know which one I do more of. And it's not always bringing life out of people. We've got to control our tongue and try and connect with the person. I went away and had some therapy um, a year and a bit ago, I think now. And um, 
part of that, I was talking about a situation that was happening repeatedly with someone in my world who um, would portray themselves to be a friend, but then all my other friends would come and tell me what they would say about me. And that would happen all the time. And I'm quite, like, um, I'm quite unfazed by like what anybody thinks of me most of the time but when it's somebody who's your friend who is repeatedly uh talking very badly about you to all your other friends and never once saying it to you that's really difficult it's even more difficult when all those other people are saying the same bad things about that one person and you're exiting the conversation exiting the conversation and I was talking to this person about it and I was allowing myself to be angry about it because it was a one-on-one -on -one situation. And she said to me really simply, she said, well, that's where that person is right now, but what's your, what's your dream for that person? I was like, what are you on about? My dream is she gets run over. Because <laughs> that's how I felt in the moment. They were really awful things. You need to know, they're really awful things. But it wasn't just that person speaking that to me, but it was the, the word of God to me. What's your dream for that person? What's your vision? What's your alternate vision for that person? Lisa, if you call yourself somebody who is a prophet and you can't prophetically speak over their life that they would experience the wholeness that they need in order to stop talking smack about you, then you've missed the point. And so I changed my vision for that person. It's not, it's not okay yet. It's not all good yet. It's not changed yet. But what I did was take responsibility for my end of that. And so I no longer come into agreement with the negative thoughts that I've thought about that person. I now speak out a, a better thing. That doesn't, that's not to say I don't have a boundary in place. That's not to say that I don't go to the person and say, hey... Can you not? <laughs> but I've changed the way that I speak about them. You know, the prophet Joel said this, that God's spirit is going to fall on all people and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That meant that prophecy moved from being one person's voice directly from God to the people and it moved from all people being able to prophesy over situations, right? to speak an encouragement, to speak something greater over a situation than it is right now. And so we need to find our prophetic voice in our conversations rather than our damning voice about what's going on. That doesn't mean that you don't take a serious assessment of what's happening and put a boundary in place, but it does mean that you are not going to come into agreement with the lies of the enemy over that life. Is that good? Makes sense. The fifth thing is this. Are you ready? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Now, let me be clear. The spirit that he's talking there is not vodka is better than wine. It is not telling you that tequila is much greater than a Chardonnay. What it's saying is, is do not get drunk. Do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And I want to encourage us today to be people that are full of the Spirit of God and not something else that we have to sedate us from the cares of this world or 
to give us confidence to be who we really are. The confidence should come out of chapters 1 and 2 of Ephesians. That he is seated at the right hand of God. And then in chapter 2, he invites us. He brings us out of where we were and seats us alongside him at the right hand of God. That should be confidence enough to enjoy yourself. That should be the essence of the party going on within you that I can celebrate because Christ Jesus loves me. Let me tell you, me and my family are always the life and the soul of the party wherever we've had a drink or not because we have a a, a living God living inside of us and we're about celebrating and we're about partying it's the reason why we have been starting off our services in praise to God because God is worthy of all our praise and we need to be the same people in a moment of praise as we do in the moment at the party We need to be relying on who God has called us to be and our identity in him, not in I need to take some of this for Dutch courage so I can be myself and enjoy myself. If you are not enjoying life right now, I'm really sorry. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to point you in the direction of some counselling because the two work together. But let me tell you, being filled with the Holy Spirit is the best party medicine in the world and God wants to release that over us and I want to encourage us if this is one of those things that is like oh do you know what actually maybe I have been going a bit heavy in that area that's okay because remember this is you're you're bought with grace but we're going to step into the gains of that grace right Now, I need to tell you that every single one of those points that we've just gone through reads the story of my life. I have been angry enough to punch another human and have. I have chosen to drink because uh, that might help me be myself in a room. I, I uh, I have talked some unwholesome talk. I have done all the things that, uh, that it says on this list. Um, I have been half myself. I have not told the truth. All of these things I have done in my life. But here's the antidote for not living with those any longer. Are you ready? Ephesians 5, 8 to 13. And I'll end with this. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord is the opposite of those things that we've been told to put off. Have nothing to do with its fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what is disobedient to do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. Here's how we put things off. We present the truth. We bring it out into the light. We don't go, I'll just deal with this on my own. But we say, hey, Jesus, I need your light in this area. I need you to illuminate this because our fear, because we have a fear of man, is this. That if I present the thing that I've messed up in, 
that'll be it. That'll be all I'm known for for the rest of my life. If I present the thing that's really going on inside of me, then, oh, like I can't, I just can't do that. But I want to encourage you today that actually the truth of God's Word is that when you bring something into the light, it becomes visible and everything that's illuminated becomes light. So all the hidden places, all the things that you'd rather not show to anybody else, you know, live in these half-truths that harve us, when we bring those fully into the light, guess what happens to them? They turn to light. It's when it's hidden and it's when it's not exposed to the reality of Jesus, when it's not exposed to the grace of Jesus, to the death and to the resurrection of Jesus. in those moments that it controls us and it stays on us. But when we bring it into the light, it's illuminated and it becomes like God turns it around. So at the end of this series, I want to encourage us right now to not just live with the old self but say hey I'm putting on my new self I know I've got some work to do and I need I need some help to figure out these these things I need uh, to be made new in the attitude of my mind but I'm not going to live like that anymore because I put on my new self so why don't you stand to your feet across this room I'm going to pray and then we're going to end this service while you've got your eyes closed maybe there's something that you need to put off so that you can put on and here's what we do we say sorry and we say help us we say sorry and we say help us so you right now have a conversation with Jesus about the thing that made your heart beat fast during that that message the thing that you connected with the thing that you're like yeah God I need some help with that Jesus we thank you that we're forgiven we thank you that we are completely made righteous and holy before you through your son Jesus I thank you that we get to live with all the gains of grace that we don't have to live with the um, discomfort of being half of who we are we don't have to live with the the idleness of not working that we don't have to to live with the the weight of our words against someone that we don't have to live with uncontrolled anger that we don't have to live with anything other than your spirit alive and working within us 
God, I thank You that You are kind to help us, to work in us and work through us. And Jesus, we just say we want to live for You and Your righteousness and Your holiness. Thank You that You've made us holy as You are holy, that You've made us righteous as You are righteous. And so we put off the old self and we step into the new self because you are worthy and we will live a life worthy of the calling to which you've called us to, Jesus. Let me find it for you. Therefore, Take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. We send you out, church, equipped, spirit-filled, knowing that God has called us to more than these four walls. Have a great week, guys. See you again on Tuesday or next Sunday at 11 a.m. Next Sunday, 11 a.m. Have a great weekend, guys.